1: So ESPN has been all over the place with its reporting about Lamar Jackson's contract details, which, of course, has caused a ton of confusion online.
2: Yeah, we'll detail all the conflicting figures that ESPN has reported regarding the Ravens' offer to Lamar in guaranteed money, with little effort to clear up the contradictions coming from its own network.
1: I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Tuesday, February 7th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault.
2: Former Titans defensive coordinator Greg Williams emerged as one of the villains from ESPN's 30 for 30 on the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens. And there's a wild story as to why.
1: Plus, it's second interview week in Baltimore as John Harbaugh and his staff narrowed down their offensive coordinator search. We'll give you the latest, courtesy of Jeff Zarebik's reporting just ahead.
2: Yeah, we have all that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes.
1: So a tweet from ESPN on Monday is the latest of a long string of reports, speculation, and analysis that has honestly just been all over the place from the network when it comes to the details of Lamar Jackson's contract.
2: And Bobby, I've been noticing the confusing trend for a couple weeks now, but I didn't want to be overly critical because number one, both the Ravens and Lamar have been super tight lipped about the contract negotiation. So it's not been easy to cover them. And two, because I've gotten things wrong too. Many times in the past, you have too. We all have. But these conflicting contract details that keep coming from this one network has gone on for several months now, and there doesn't appear to be an effort on ESPN's part to clear it all up.
1: All right. So with that in mind, we probably should just start from the beginning and just lay out the different reports all coming from ESPN. So where do we begin?
2: All right. So it starts with a report from September 11th that both Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen contributed to. So, the report said that the Ravens offered a five year extension worth $250 million and then $133 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now, it's very important to note that Schefter and Mort did not report the total guarantees of the offer. So, based on the numbers of this report, Lamar was offered the second most, second most fully guaranteed money at signing, trailing only, obviously, Deshaun Watson. And then he was also offered the second highest salary per year. And that's the second highest annual salary trailing only Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so right after these numbers were published back in September, ESPN's Diana Russini Try to confirm them with Lamar Jackson at a podium session following the Ravens' win over the Jets. I got to ask here. Uh, my colleague at
3: ESPN reported today that you turned down a two hundred fifty million dollar uh, guarantee.
1: Two hundred A two hundred fifty million dollar guarantee contract that you turned it down. What the guarantee? No. Is there anything-
4: <laughs> No. No, there's no truth to that. All right, thanks for me. All right, child.
1: so Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Diana completely mixed up the numbers of the report, no? I mean, it never claimed he was offered $250 million in guaranteed money. It said that was the total value, right?
2: Yeah, exactly, Bobby. And then it seemed like Diana recognized that she got the numbers mixed up because about 20 minutes later, she tweeted the following, quote, I just spoke with Lamar Jackson and asked if he turned down $160 million guaranteed. He said that isn't the exact number. He said roughly between 160 and 180 million was offered and he turned it down. I said, you go and run it out all year. He said, we'll see with a smile. I
1: got to wonder why she picked 160 million to ask Lamar about. That number didn't show up in the report, but since we've been trying to be clear about fully guaranteed money at signing versus total guarantees, Sarah, did Diana ever distinguish what type of guaranteed money they're talking about in this sense?
2: Yeah, no, not that I'm aware of. Maybe she did on a TV segment that I perhaps missed, but I haven't seen it in written form. Now, my guess at the time was that it meant total guarantees since the previous report said $133 million was full. The thing is... And it's nice that she's quoting Lamar, but since she botched the numbers a few minutes earlier at podium, it leaves room for doubt that she communicated it correctly, especially because ESPN didn't include this number in their official story on their website. And maybe they didn't add it to the story because just a couple of weeks ago, Bobby, there was an attempt from Chris Mortensen to clear up what he was told that Lamar was offered in total guarantees. So Mort reached out to Marcus Spears because Marcus Spears, along with, by the way, several ESPN adolescents over the last four or five months, they've been confusing this fully guaranteed number with total guaranteed numbers. They've been doing it for a long time, but after a specific segment, Mort reaches out to Marcus Spears. So Marcus Spears then relays on air a text that Mort sent to him. Here it is.
4: Let me clarify. The 133 million was uh, fully guaranteed at signing, and I think it was like 200 guaranteed total. Okay. The overall lifetime of the contract was 270. Chris Mortensen sent me that after we had that conversation. Where your argument is hurt is when you just modified what you originally stated. You talked to 133. Then you educated us. It's 133 at signing. Yep. It's a 200-million guarantee. guarantee. 270 overall. The only quarterback in the league who has that is Deshaun Watson. And guess what? So what I'm saying to you is this. Then they didn't insult him. Stephen A., my clarity is what I just said. You've asked me to do more than anybody in the NFL. And they're saying, and we've given you more than anybody but Deshaun Watson, whose contract is through the stratosphere and has no business, I had no business getting it, that's it. Stephen A., I understand that, but if you're Lamar Jackson, we're not talking about how we surmise contracts and what makes sense to us. We are talking about an individual that's I'm with you on the negotiation. Maybe if he had an agent, this goes differently. Maybe he gets 230 guaranteed, and they figure out a way to to matriculate the language in order for that to be the case. The bottom line is this, and this is why I don't falter on this argument. As a player, I can understand everything you and Mad Dog are saying. He has been asked to do more than any quarterback in
1: the NFL. Yeah, so I agree with Spears that no team asks more of their QB than the Ravens ask of Lamar. I mean, Exhibit A, obviously being the weapons or lack thereof at wide receiver he's been throwing to for five years. But Stephen A. Smith as well, I thought he makes a good point as well. If you assume Mort and Spears' numbers are correct, that's why the Ravens have offered Lamar more than any other quarterback outside of Deshaun Watson.
2: And by the way, Bobby, no doubt Lamar has had to be Superman on offense. Now, that said, you think that everything was cleared up because Mort had reached out to Spears, and then everybody seemed to be on the same page. But then, (laughs) another ESPN analyst, Ryan Clark, contradicted both Spears and Mort a day after this was all said on air. So, Clark had interviewed NFLPA President Demarius Smith on his podcast. And following that, Clark tweeted that a, quote, source, not naming anybody, a source told him that Lamar was offered 133 million in guarantees. Okay, so that seems to match up with the number that Mort and Spears were using, right? Okay, but the problem is, is that a person on Twitter told Clark that that figure was a fully guaranteed number. And Clark replied in all caps, quote, That was the total amount of guarantees. You read what I typed, close quote. So Bobby, again, that right there, it means that Clark was directly contradicting Mort because Mort specifically said that figure was the fully guaranteed number.
1: And so that brings us full circle, partner, to Monday when ESPN tweeted a speculative line from Jeremy Fowler in one of his articles that said Lamar and the Ravens, quote, could possibly be $100 million apart on guarantees. Fowler appears to be saying that based on Mort's original report, but ESPN's Twitter account presented it as if it was brand new news and once again was vague about the type of guarantees. Also, it's been six months since that original report, and we know that Lamar and Eric DaCosta have spoken since then, like within the last month or so based on what was said during the end of season press conference. So if we're going to use loose standards, a tweet also could have been sent out that said Lamar and the Ravens quote could possibly be closer to a deal. They quote could possibly sign tomorrow for being real.
2: And Bobby, the world could possibly and tomorrow. (laughs) So that's pretty loose standards there, Bobby. And listen, at the end of the day, the biggest issue is that three different financial figures for guaranteed money have been published from several different reporters all from the same ESPN network and nobody at that network seems to care enough I mean Mort did try with with Spears there for a minute but nobody from the higher up seems to be trying to take the initiative to try to set the record straight instead they send out more tweets like the one on Monday quoting Jeremy Fowler presumably, I don't know, to drive more clicks, but to be honest, Bobby, it's a complete mess. And this type of reporting isn't fair to either Lamar Jackson or to the Ravens. So I'll just say this, unless Lamar or the front office is willing to disclose the full contents of offers that have been made, it's impossible right now with the information that we have for anyone to call a deal between the two, good or bad, or fair or unfair. Now, unfortunately, that won't stop the publishing of incomplete facts and certain agendas and narratives that are being pushed.
1: Still to come here on The Vault, why former Titans defensive coordinator Greg Williams is getting absolutely dragged for something Trent Dilfer uncovered about him during ESPN's 30 for 30 on the 2000 Ravens.
2: All right, Bobby. So, longtime NFL defensive coordinator Greg Williams, he was the DC for the Tennessee Titans in the year 2000. And he's got a big old target on his back in Baltimore now, coming off of ESPN's 30 for 30.
1: Oh, he certainly does, Sarah. And it was former Ravens QB Trent Dilfer who uncovered the controversy. Listen to this. After week
5: 11, I go to Matt Cavanaugh, I'm like, Matt, you're not going to believe this. And, and, you know my personality I don't lose stuff I'm early I stay late I don't I don't have my playbook he's like what I'm like, I've I looked everywhere you know we got those big duffel bags I had the same routine every pre-game I mean there's no way I, I lost this playbook I'm like it got stolen uh, in Tennessee so we go out there for the playoff game they're calling out everything I mean they know what we're doing before we're going to do it and I never could really say anything about it, you don't play well, you don't want to use it as an excuse, defense carries us once again. And I'm at an NFL function with Greg Williams probably 12 years ago, and he admits that he stole that sucker out of the locker room. And I, I mean, to this day, to this day it pisses me off. I see Greg Williams somewhere, and he says, man, that must have been rough knowing that we had your playbook. So not only are you playing a great defense,
1: defense that has the answers to the test before the test so partner in summary here the Ravens and Titans faced off in week 11 of the 2000 season and then again in the divisional round with Baltimore winning both games despite Tennessee quite literally having an insane advantage in the playoffs thanks to Trent Dilfer's stolen playbook. If that happened in the year that is 2023, can you imagine social media?
2: (laughs) It would be over. And Bobby, let's not forget, this is the same Greg Williams who played a key role in the New Orleans Saints bounty scandal under which bounties were paid for causing injuries that would take targeted players on opposing teams out of games. At the time... That led to a year-long suspension, so I don't think too many folks in Baltimore were at all surprised to hear Trent's story.
1: Yeah, and look, Greg has one heck of a defensive football mind. His track record says exactly that, but as a human being, there's definitely quite a lot left to be desired. Shifting gears, though, for a second, Sarah, and I know we mentioned him on Monday's morning vault, but... One of the many reasons the late Tony Saragusa embodied this larger than life persona was his captivating ability to tell stories. Enjoy this snippet from ESPN Films.
3: We were going to play Washington and uh, obviously we stayed in our hotel here in Baltimore. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my stomach was absolutely killing me. So we had doctors uh, that were with us, and the doctor, I called the doctor and he said, Come on, we gotta get you down to the stadium early before anybody gets there. So they bring me down there and they give me an x ray and they come out to make a long story short, and they said, Goose, well, you're, you know, you're backed up a little bit. <laughs> I said, I said, Anyway, I told the trainer, I said, Listen, man. If I'm laying on my back out there, all right, I don't know who the genius was. We had all, we had purple, we had black, we had all kinds of color uniforms. That day we were in all white. <laughs> <laughs> so I went over to Bill. I said, "Listen, you know I'm laying on my back on that field. Do not turn me over." <laughs> That was one of the most petrifying games I ever played. You
2: know you're saying a little too much when you have other grown football guys telling you that you might be going a little too deep. But as you just heard, there was no shortage of laughter. Bobby, it is second interview week in Baltimore. As John Harbaugh has his staff narrowed down their next offensive coordinator candidates.
1: Yeah, so we might as well turn to our trusted beat reporter, Jeff Zeribek of The Athletic, to unpack everything that's going on uh, based on his latest piece. And according to his reporting, three candidates have already sat down for second interviews one, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, two, Vikings pass game coordinator, also the tight ends coach, Brian Angelico, and three, former Ravens wide receivers and tight ends coach, who's now the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin, just finished up his first year there, Bobby Ingram. So just for bookkeeping purposes, that's where we stand right now as we tape this on the night of the 6th.
2: And Bobby, on top of that, again, according to Jeff's reporting, Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach Dave Canales and Denver Broncos offensive coordinator Justin Outen are both expected to be in town for their second round interviews early this week.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing to keep in mind entering Super Bowl weekend, Sarah, is this. Remember, the Ravens aren't permitted to speak to any assistance from the Eagles or Chiefs until after the game is actually played. So you would think Monday. Now, Jeff went ahead and singled out names like Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Senior Offensive Assistant and QBs Coach Matt Nagy, and Wide Receivers Coach Joe Blameyer. Uh, along with Eagles QB's coach Brian Johnson and pass game coordinator Kevin Patullo. So right there there's a handful of potential candidates that the Ravens may not even have a chance to talk to until next week. So do not be surprised if this thing lingers. Yeah,
2: and another thing to keep in mind as we tape this is that eight offensive coordinator vacancies still remain around the league. That means Baltimore is indirectly competing with seven other organizations some of whom are more than likely targeting similar candidates. Now, Bobby, we've already discussed the prospect of adding Eric Bieniemy. We've done that uh, a couple episodes back. So let's hone in on Eagles quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson. What do you have on him?
1: Yeah, he's obviously a hot name right now for good reason because of this, this run, right? This run that Philadelphia is on, but also for the role that he's played in developing Jalen Hurts, who let's face it, just put forth an MVP caliber kind of season at the quarterback position. Johnson is a young up-and-comer at just 35, but something to note, as Jeff did in his piece, is that if Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen gets the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job, and Jeff noted he reportedly interviewed for it a second time just this past weekend, you would think... Philadelphia could go ahead and just promote Johnson and keep him around, and if that were the case, he wouldn't even be available for Baltimore, but that is someone that uh, that they are reportedly interested in.
2: Yeah, okay, so also obviously a popular name that's been circling around Baltimore is 49ers past game specialist Bobby Slowick. Is there anything worth sharing on him?
1: Yeah, basically just that he's been connected to Baltimore and the Ravens did speak to him, but... Based on Jeff's reporting, some other national reporting that I've seen out there on the timeline, Slowik is expected to either remain on Kyle Shanahan's staff in San Francisco or potentially head to Houston and join forces with the recently hired D'Amico Ryan. So at this point, it's looking like the fan favorite here. At least that's what I'm going with. I think you would as well. It's probably a long shot.
2: And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know. Beginning with another Trent Dilfer clip that has the NFL world talking, Dilfer criticized how much easier the game is for QBs in the modern day era.
5: Modern day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback and when you can't reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady, I love Aaron Rodgers, I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did.
2: And it didn't take long for Tom Brady to find work after he announced his retirement in the NFL starting in the fall of 2024. So it will take a year. In 2024, he will be the lead analyst for Fox Sports. He signed a 10-year, $375 million contract, which is the most lucrative in sports broadcasting history. Elsewhere, wide receiver A.J. Green officially announced his retirement Monday. The longtime Bengals nemesis crushed Ravens fans' hearts plenty of times over the years, recording more touchdown catches against Baltimore than any other player from 2011 to 2017. And speaking of former Bengals receivers, Chad Ochocinco went on former Ravens tight end Shannon Sharp's podcast and told him that he thinks he could still play in the NFL at the age of 45. Shannon's response was perfect.
4: And matter of fact, I could still be playing right now, and I have have no problem being four string to T Chase and Tyler Boyd. Play what? I'm just FIFA? saying, just huh? Play FIFA? Mad? Nah. Like in today's game? Oh, oh, oh! You said that if you were the age back then, you could play. No, I'm said, I could play right now. <sighs> oh, man, it's here. You know, I'm, I'm in shape. You know. T- egg of a shape. No, Absolutely no, 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 no. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> shape. I'm in, I'm in shape, shape. Like if I still, if a call was to happen to come, I'm not to play, but I'm in shape to be able go, to go. So what the call gonna come for if, if you can't play? I'm just saying, if it was, I'm just telling you I'm in shape if it was to come.
1: Okay, me- thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com slash podcast. As you may know, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll help us keep churning out Daily Ravens content for years to come.
2: Yeah, and we'd also love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today, but The Vault will be back. Wednesday morning with the Ravens news you need to know.